you know, this morning we were staying with the Phillips last night. So this morning we enjoyed a, a breakfast out in their little porch area, closed-in porch area. It was so pleasant out there. But I, I, you know, I was watching uh, my brother uh, Scott, and you know, we're all getting a little bit older. And <laughs> Scott is wrestling with this, with the, trying to open up the cereal plastic thing, you know, when it's all sealed up. And he's wrestling with that thing. So I said, well, Scott, I got some scissors in my pocket. He says, you don't. I said, they don't call me Little, little Joe for nothing. And I don't mean that in any disrespect for Pastor Stringer, but when I first met Pastor Stringer, there wasn't a thing that he couldn't do with something in his pocket. <laughs> whether it was to clean his glasses, whether it was to cut something down. And Brother Scott said, oh, but he didn't have a chainsaw. But he had a saw on that knife. And, uh, there wasn't anything that he couldn't do uh, with things in his pocket. But I praise God so much for Pastor Stringer, his dear wife, Lorraine. Uh, they've been a big part in our lives for many, many years. Their testimony and steadfastness for Christ uh, have been just, uh, uh, move, God has used them to move us along. And I'm so thankful, thankful for that. And thankful for the leadership of Fellowship Bible Church. Yesterday, we had the opportunity to go and have a little bit of fellowship with one of the small cell groups. And we went up to the door, the folks home, and. A uh, lady opened the door. I won't embarrass who it was, but anyway, not here today. Had to be away. But anyway, opened the door and she says, oh, I thought it was the young me shows. <laughs> so I said, if you weren't serving uh, steak tips and, and all that good stuff, I wasn't going to stay around. But <laughs> anyway, I hope you're not disappointed this morning that it's not the young me shows. They will be with you, Lord willing, uh, Labor Day. It is a joy to be with you. And I look out and I see so many faces of those I've known for so many years. And I just praise God for the faithful and steadfastness, though the many trials and tribulations and trust uh, and trust troubles that the Lord has allowed the church to go through, he has always come forth victorious. And we praise God for that. I'd like to have a start this morning. We're going to look at, at uh, several different texts, I hope. I know it's a, a Bible church, and I know, Pastor Dan, you're used to using your Bible. Would you turn with me to start in Psalm 25? Because I want to start with my testimony, because there are so many here that are not, do not know me or uh, and don't know my background too much. And I'd like to just share a little bit before I actually get in, into the, uh, the message of the morning the Lord's laid on my heart, although this is part of it. In Psalm 25, picking up in verse 1, uh, we, we read this. We're going to read down through uh, verse 5. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress, transgress again without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. And teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. Probably a familiar psalm to many believers of any age here today, but a psalm to go to and to be reminded that every moment of every day as God's children, Almighty God wants to lead and direct our paths, and, pa and those paths are in for his righteousness sake, that his righteousness might be seen through our lives and every detail of our lives is, is so very important to our God, and we praise him for that. My, my parents, my dad was, was brought up Roman Catholic, my mom was Christian scientist, uh, and when I was about 
10 years old, my mom was working at a, at a grocery store in the, meat, in the meat department, wrapping meat, and there was a man working there that was a pastor of a little tiny church in a great sinful city of Lynn, Lynn, Massachusetts. But he had, he had to work because uh, the church couldn't, couldn't take care of him financially. But anyway, he was, he was a faithful witness. And he invited my mom to church. Uh, and she said, well, we go to church. And we did. We were going, by that time, we were going to a very, very liberal Baptist church uh, where I was first baptized at the age of uh, six years old. And I didn't even know what I was going through. But everybody in, that, in my Sunday school class went and was baptized. And so we were covered for life. Some of you know about that through Roman Catholicism or whatever background you have. Anyway, uh, she said, well, we go to church every Sunday. And he said, well, do you go to church Sunday night? And my mom said, no. She said, well, why don't you come out to one of the evening services? So anyway, my mom and dad went out to one evening service. And my sister and I didn't go to that particular one, that first one. But anyway, the Lord directed uh, my, my parents' hearts towards salvation. They get saved. And from that age on, I was brought up in church, Sunday school, morning service, evening service, youth meeting, memorized scripture. Uh, I did all the mechanics, all the mechanics, but I wasn't saved. I really was rebellious because I wanted some of the things that my sister, older sister, enjoyed in the world before my parents got saved that all of a sudden I couldn't do because now they were wanting to walk with God and certain things in the world didn't honor God in their eyes and so I wasn't able to do things. So I rebelled. Anyway, at the, at the age of almost 16, uh, I was in Boston and played hooky from school and was in, involved in doing some things that were not godly, that's for sure. In the middle of this activity with my friends, uh, I, I just said, I'm leaving. And I got up out of the theater and walked and went home. And when I got home, I just, I just broke down into tears. I didn't know why. Didn't have any reason to. Everything was good. But just something was burdening my heart. That day, I got a phone call from somebody I hadn't seen in a few years, a fellow that I used to swim with at the Y swim team. And he hadn't seen me for some years. He says, he says Bruce, he says, uh, we, have a, we have a special speaker at our church. Oh, great, I thought. Uh, you know, he's going to invite me to church. I think you'd enjoy him. Would you like to come? So I said, oh, I don't know. So he talked, persuaded me to come to his church. Anyway, I went that first night, and I heard this evangelist, and he opened his Bible, which he didn't need to open because he knows the Bible from Genesis to Revelation by heart. And uh, he just, but he did, he opened his Bible and started to preach. And as soon as he started to preach, I enjoyed the music. I do admit that. Uh, I turned my, turned off the ears. You ever turn off your ears in church? Don't do it this morning. <laughs> anyway, I, I did. I literally, I didn't want to hear the word of God. So I turned off my ears. And so, but the next night, my friend says, will you come back with me? I said, ah, all right. The third night, they were having a youth night. Specialized, he was going to speak especially to young people, teenagers. I said, all right, I'll go back. Well, that night, he stood up there with a great big Bible. I think it was, as I remember, it was probably almost as big as this pulpit. At least that's what it looked like to me. He closed his Bible, and he says, I want to talk to you today. He says, I'm going to share something about my life. And what he did that evening was he shared his personal testimony of salvation. He interjected verses, obviously. But that night, the Holy Spirit of God used his testimony, which sounded so much like some of the things that I was experiencing, and, and that night, I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. From that night on, I can honestly say before the Lord, though by God's, only by God's grace, this verses 4 and 5 of chapter 25, though I didn't know them at that time, were my prayer. It, it has been uh, ever since the day I, I was saved, though there were times when I walked out of the way, like all of us do, uh, uh, 
I've, I've constantly asked, Lord, show me thy ways. And literally, literally, that's show me thy paths. And show me thy paths. What a wonderful thing to have God show us his paths. I have to tell you a funny story about Pastor Dan. I said, you know, we can't let him out, can we? Uh, one time he was out visiting with his family when we were shortly up in the Wentworth area. And we were having a, a great day. And the ladies were going to fix a nice dinner for us. And uh, it was getting, you know, late in, the, late in the afternoon. He says, we got time to climb a mountain? Yeah, sure, we got time to climb a mountain. You all know Pastor Dan, right? So we said, all right, we got time to climb a mountain. So uh, anyway, he said, maybe we'll see the sunset. So we gathered up a bunch of kids. I don't remember all of them. I'm sure my three were there and some of his. I don't remember everybody, but we climbed the mountain. The wives are back cooking us a nice meal. We got to the, mount, got to the top of the mountain, and we did see the sun set a little bit, but it started to get dusk, and we said, we've got to get down. I remember it vividly. Just as soon as we get to the tree line, it was pitch black. All right, Pastor Dan, pull out your flashlight. Not a one of us had a flashlight. We had these little kids. We, had, we were hungry. We were tired, and we had to find our way. That's a good time to pray this phrase. I mean, I pass. <laughs> Forgive me, that's not the right interpretation. <laughs> but I did have to, I had to share that with you. You know, but in all seriousness, when David, uh, Pastor Stringer was talking about David this morning, and he says it in Sunday school class, you know, when David came to this place and he prayed this prayer, show me thy way, O Lord, teach me thy path, lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Simple prayer, but oh, how needful it is in all of our lives. From the youngest to the eldest here, we need to be praying this prayer. God, my own way is crooked. My own way is going to lead to destruction. My own way is going to lead to disaster. Show me thy paths. Show me thy ways. Teach me, teach me thy ways and thy paths. And what a wonderful thing it is. And I just remember that in 1970, uh, 1977, I was a happy man, married with three children, attending Fellowship Bible Church. I was an elder, serving with a, a pastor that I had such confidence in and taught me many things um, and, and, and such. And, and uh, I was, you know, I look out and I, and I can see a few faces. Uh, not only was an elder, but I, I was the director of the Way program. And that was a program where we sent out buses into the city of Lawrence Friday nights, and those bus drivers, you know, I was sharing with, with I think it was Scott, yes, I'm not sure if it was Scott or Dan, but anyway, I was sharing that, you know, these guys, they were, they were precious. They loved these kids. They put themselves out for these kids. They gave their Friday nights up. Some of these kids were rough, tough, and difficult, bringing, bringing them in from the project. We saw many of these kids get saved. We saw some of their parents get saved. Uh, anyway, it was, it was just an exciting time in, in our lives. I had a good job, good family, a wonderful church, ministry that I, I loved. Uh, God was I still, every day, every day I could say, I was asking God, show me your paths. Show me the paths that you have for me. And God directed our paths through uh, Pastor Stringer's uh, guidance and direction and such and challenge into full-time Christian service at that time. And in 1979, we left Fellowship Bible Church for Wentworth, New Hampshire. A little town that I said that uh, I really didn't want to go to. Uh, I had my first year of Bible training, I had gone to a small school up in Vermont before I went down to Philadelphia College for Bible. But my first, the first year, I went to a small school in Vermont. I was only a year and a half old in the Lord, but every weekend after the first month, we were out at different little country churches and we were preaching 
and we were singing and we we're giving testimony and then we we're going out visiting in the neighborhood serving the lord and 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 all that and it was and it was exciting and it was and it was a thrill to my life as the lord was showing me his paths for my life as an individual which he wants to do for each of you show you his paths as an individual anyway i was thinking about this and as i was thinking about it in the book of acts when when paul and barnabas were were sent forth from the church to to go out on their missionary journey they had been involved they've been serving the lord they and that's exactly the ones that god wants to use and, and it's hard. I know that uh, uh, no pastor likes to see, see a, a young man or a young woman leave their assembly that's serving the Lord so faithfully. But if they're searching, and the pastor and all are searching, show me thy path, teach me thy paths, then we're ready for what God has. Sometimes these are difficult paths. Job's was a t difficult path, but Job was a man of spiritual integrity, wasn't he? But God had some things to teach Job and the world and us through what God was allowing Satan to do in his life to test and try his faith. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a, a precious thing when we, we see those who are faithful. In the Baker River Bible Church, we have seen young men go off into the ministry. We have seen young women marry Christian men and go off and, and, and uh, have a, a so far successful Christian life with regard to walking with God and bringing their families up for the glory of God. I was in an ordination service that I, I preached at a few years ago. Uh, that, uh, I, was, I was so looking forward to this service. A young man that grew up in our church, he was taking over, he was gonna be working as an assistant pastor and youth pastor down in Pennsylvania. It just so happened at that time that I was literally blind in one eye and couldn't see out of the other too well. I, I'd, I'd had some physical problems. And I said to myself, I said, Boy, he was looking forward to my coming, and I was looking forward to going. I said, Lord, why are you saying this now? Why is this so difficult? How can I drive to Pennsylvania? How can I do this, Lord? In uh, uh, any way, God took care of that. He provided a driver and, and all for us so we might go down there and minister to this young, for this young man as he was brought into the ministry. And we, I said at the pulpit, that, sir, the pulpit of that church that day, and I said, you know, something's wrong here. I said, this young man grew up in the church, walks with God, goes off to Bible college, gets his training, and, and, God, and he's asking God to show him the path, his path for his life. I said, shouldn't his path be back to Wentworth to help out in our ministry? And of course, he started to chuckle. God hadn't called him back to Wentworth to, to ministry, he called him there. Anyway, God has a different path for every one of us, and that's why it's so important for us to see. Notice that the, the S's, on verse four, show me thy ways, or literally paths. There are many that God wants us to follow. And then teach me thy ways, or teach me thy paths. What a prayer, what a prayer. So say to the age of 16, uh, almost 16, and God then bring us along. We've been in Wentworth, seeing God work marvelous works. We praise be to God for what he has done in our work. Uh, uh, would you turn with me to Genesis for a minute, please? Why don't you go to Genesis? For just a, a couple of minutes here. And let me find out where I'm going here. Genesis chapter 24. One of the great love stories. Everybody likes a love story. I got the ladies' ears. One of the great love stories in the Bible, isn't it, uh, that, we, that we have recorded. But here's a man, a servant 
of a, of a master. And you're familiar with it, where, where uh, Abraham sends out his servant to find a wife for Isaac. Poor Isaac couldn't even go out and find his own wife, uh, but that's, what God, that's the plan that God had. And uh, anyway, you know, we, we look at this, and uh, starting in with the base of David asking for guidance, asking for direction in every single way of God, rather than just his own way, we find this man who is, has, offers up a prayer to God. And if you would, please, we're looking at uh, verse 26. It says, And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute uh, my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Now, I, I think most of you know the account, but let me just rehearse it for just a minute. This man, who was summoned to go find a wife, had specific instructions, didn't he, but from Abraham. He wanted him to make sure that he found someone of the same spiritual character, the same spiritual walk, the same background, someone, someone that, that, that would, would uh, uh, be perfect for his son. So Abraham sends the, sends the servant forth. He's got a journey to make. And he makes this long journey, and he comes to the well, as many of you are familiar with. And he's talking to the Lord, and he's asking the Lord to, to, to show him. He's asking God to show him, who is it who, for my master that I'm serving? And by the way, as we serve our master, we ought to be asking, Lord, where is it, and what is it you want me to be accomplished for you? But anyway, notice what it, notice what it says in verse 27 in, in this man's prayer. He comes to the well. The ladies come to the well a little later on. And we know that uh, Rebecca is there, and uh, God is working something marvelously out on behalf of, of Isaac. And it's a marvelous thing. But I'm, I want to focus on the prayer of this man. And he said, you have, who has not left destitute my master uh, of his mercy and his truth. And this is I being in the way the Lord led me. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas, Paul and the others, with him at different times. As they served the Lord, they sought God's direction and God directed their paths. I know that in a world that is so moving so fast, we were just mentioning last night, Pastor Dan was saying, what, where, where's technology gonna be in the next 10 years? I love technology. I am ignorant. I have my iPad and I can find my way around the world with it, but I don't know much else. But anyway, I love the new technology. I wish I could understand more of it. But it's going so fast, and it's a dangerous place. It's taking the place of people talking to each other. You know, we're kidding and saying it. We, you know, you go someplace, and here's, here's a couple of people sitting there, and they're texting away, and they're sitting next to each other, and they're texting each other instead of talking. We've all experienced these things. We need to be very, very careful that we don't become mechanical in our prayers. We need to be very careful that we don't become mechanical in the reading of God's word. We need to re realize that God has a plan. He has given, if we're born again today, he's given us his Holy Spirit that he might direct our paths, that he might guide our paths, that we might be that which he would have us to be. This, young, this man, he recognized the fact that, that he was in the way. He had the right heart. And when we have the right heart, God can do wonders. And there was a miracle. Led him to the right woman for the right cause, for God's glory, and we have a marvelous, marvelous account here of being in the way and having the Lord lead us. How do we be in the way? 
Turn with me to First Thessalonians, if you would, please. First Thessalonians. I know that uh, we're having lunch after after I get through, and we have we have lunch at our church very frequently on Sunday afternoon, all all winter from uh, the first week in November right through to uh, Easter Sunday, just the Sunday before Easter. We have a, a Sunday school, then we have morning service, and then we have a 1:30 we have lunch, and then a 1:30 service works out nice for the elderly folk, uh, older folk that are traveling and such that they can stay for the day and have the fellowship. And another thing it does is uh, because of our way, some of the folks' homes are quite small, and so it's hard for them to have folks in for that social fellowship. And so this provides for them an opportunity to have that fellowship and such as that. But uh, it's a wonderful thing to, to gather together, to be in the Word and have a little refreshment for the body, and then to be in the Word again uh, for a while longer before facing the rest of the world for, for the week. But anyway, uh, I was told... My elder said to me uh, last Wednesday night, he said, Pastor, he said, uh, while you're gone next Sunday, I'm going to announce that ne the following Sunday we're going to have a, we're going to take a church vote. I said, really? Now, what are you going to take a church vote on? He said, we're going to take a church vote on to whether to extend this dinner and have an afternoon service the whole year. So I said, you can do that while I'm away, huh? <laughs> the things they do when you're not in the pulpit, brother. <laughs> Anyway, I have no opposition to that whatsoever, but anyway, and he knew it. But anyway, uh, it's a wonderful thing to have fellowship. The, the Church of Thessalonica, what a testimony for Christ. Some of you I know went, went with Pastor Dan on a trip and, and went to Turkey and, and saw the churches of Asia, or saw the area of the Asia Minor uh, testimony for Christ, those seven churches that were there in, in, uh, shortly uh, after time of Christ and during the time of Paul. And what a thrill that, that must have been, I'm sure, to, to be there. The Church of Thessalonica is one of, the, one of my, my favorites. Not, not that you can pick a favorite, just like you can't pick a favorite verse. You love it all. But this church responded to the word of God. And, and we, we know that in, in this particular uh, uh, church, as, as, as it is exposed for us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we see some marvelous, marvelous truths uh, we see the truth of the fact that they were listening. God had been preparing their hearts, and they were listening. And when they received the word, it wasn't like receiving it from a man. They knew it was God's word. And that's a wonderful thing about this book that we have, this, this book that is divinely given to us by God's breath uh, and, and marvelously preserved for us uh, all these years that we might know the mind of God, we might know the ways of God, we might know the truth of God. It's a marvelous book, isn't it? Well, they received that word, and they received it, and it had an effect on their lives that most of you are familiar with. They turned from idols to the living God. And literally, uh, the false gods that they had been following and worshiping, they turned from them, and they started to serve the living God. They didn't just take in that word as from God, but they took that word in as from God and let the Holy Spirit then work through it so that all through Macedonia and all through the area, what happened? The word of God was heard and souls were saved. You know, it, it's just a marvelous thing. Thinking about, um, I know I have you there in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, we'll get there in a minute. But I was thinking about, and I spoke the other night in a devotion about Lydia. And one of the, one of the most uh, blessed things that I can, I can think about, many things about that lady that we don't know much about, is the fact that uh, her, her, na her name 
you know, indicates clearly that, that she had come from, uh, you know, uh, the Oriental area, Phoenicia probably, uh, uh, most scholars believe. But anyway, in verse 7, right where Paul wanted to go to be a min to minister, to start a work, God's the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going there. You're going over here. And, and there in Antioch, uh, when, she, when he went down to the river and, and met with the ladies there that were praying on the Sabbath day, and she opened her, God opened her heart, and she listened and responded. What a marvelous account that is of just how God works. God opens the heart. We respond. Then she, through family members, through contacts, the word of God got into the area where Paul wanted to go, but God said no. God is a wonderful God, isn't he? He always accomplishes what he wants to accomplish. And he'll work his good pleasure out in your life as you seek to know his ways, as you seek to walk in his ways. All right, I have you over in 1 Thessalonians. Look at uh, verse 2, uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, please. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before, we were shamefully entreated. As you know, in Philippi, uh, we were bold in, the Lord, in, in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. You know, uh, we look at that, and we're realizing in the picture, if we can, here Paul, who had been abused physically, emotionally, and, and hurt literally in Philippi, now has made his way to Thessalonica to minister the word of God. And in Thessalonica, with probably the scars still on his body, uh, he says, you know our entrance into you. You know the, the suffering that we went through. Yet he was willing to entreat them. The evidence of the testimony that he was going to keep going, even though there was pain and anguish, because he knew that the pain and anguish of his Savior was far greater than anything he had yet experienced, he came unto them and he exhorted them to walk in a special way. We look at that special way in chapter 4, in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, if you would, please. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. What a wonderful thing it is when we realize that you know, uh, as Paul begins to tell these people how, to, how God would have them to live with uh, spiritual, with, with a moral purity, loving the brethren, loving God, and the things that he speaks about here, all in relationship to as the bride of Christ waiting for Christ as our Savior. And you know, at any moment, he could come. And we know that. The imminent return of Christ, we, we truly believe in. We look around the world and we, we, we don't look for signs. We're not that kind of people. We look for our Savior. But we can't help but realize we're drawing closer to the one world economy. We're drawing closer to the one world government. We're drawing closer to, to the one world religion. We're drawing closer. Now, we know that before all of that culminates, we're going to be called away. Before the Antichrist shows up, I mean, he could be on earth today. We don't know that. But before he is revealed, we're going to be caught away. We've got that promise. And what a wonderful hope it is. But until then, Paul's telling them how to live. So I want to tie this in with, 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 with David's prayer of show me thy way, teach me thy ways, teach me thy paths, show me the way. I want to, teach, I want to tie it into uh, Abraham's servant of I being in the way, the Lord led me. 
and shows here the church of Thessalonica who was in the way, who was watching for God to do something through them and which God was doing. Paul says there's some few more things I want to remind you of as, as you wait for the coming of the Lord. And we're not going to go through all the verses, but you'll find them all in, in verses uh, literally uh, 2 through through 12. Three, three, three major things, uh, and one is keeping yourself pure from immorality. Two, loving the brother as Christ loved the church. And, and three, uh, being ready to, to, uh, to be walking honestly before all men, having a good testimony from without. We had a good example. Brother Scott brought a devotional yesterday at the small groups the, uh, meeting uh, fellowship and reminded us wherever we go, uh, is Christ seen in us? Are we speaking? Are we praying that God will show the people that we're working with, our family, our friends, our coworkers? Is God, are we praying, God, reveal yourself through me to them? We are the only Bible writ, read by some folk. And you know, God will do that. Now, yesterday, I, I asked the Lord to direct our paths in the morning when I talked to the Lord in my devotions. Now, I'm not conscious of this all day long because I have to drive a car. I have to do other things. That, that, you know, our mind is distracted in 10,000 different places. But I begin the day by, by seeking the Lord in this direction. And yesterday we had a, 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 an experience. Yet last night we, uh, we were talking about whether we were going to go over to New Report and take a little walk on the docks and see things with the Phillipses. And, and uh, we were debating because they kept talking about rain and storm and maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to go over there. Well, should we go? Should we go? We decided we're going to go. Well, it wasn't just a trip to Newburyport to get a 25-cent hot dog. By the way, if you're ever hungry for a hot dog, they sell them for 25 cents in Newburyport. If you want to know where, you have to see Brother Scott Phillips. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, won't go any, we won't go any further with that. But it wasn't just for that. We, we stopped. We were walking along the docks. We stopped. There was a young fellow playing a, a, a banjo. And we just stopped to sit for a minute. While we're sitting there, my wife looked over. And she says, I know that, that young man, and, of course, our, and, and our, um, our niece's child, uh, who's a little tiny tot, uh, was there, recognized her right away. And so happens that right now they're in a, in a family turmoil, uh, looking at divorce, terrible mess. The young man I've talked to about spiritual matters in the past, and the, 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 our niece, we've had her up in our home for a summer that she might attend Bible, vacation Bible school, but doesn't have any interest in the things of God whatsoever. Uh, at this point, not yet. But anyway, uh, uh, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going over and talk to him. A little uncomfortable situation because of the, I mean, uh, he's the outlaw. I mean, it's our niece that he's, that's, getting, that's looking for the divorce and all this. Anyway, a little uncomfortable. But I said, I'm going over to talk to him. And I went over to start to talk to him. I just said hi, just generally, friendly. And I said hi to, to our, our little niece, uh, in, uh, grandniece, and, and uh, just being friendly and such. And then the Lord, we got talking about the situation. And uh, we got talking about it just a little bit. And then come, come, I was looking for the Lord to open up a door to talk to him about the things of the Lord. And first thing I said to him, you know, I said, he's saying he wants to make restitution. But she's giving him a hard time. Anyway, we're not going to get into all that family matter. But this, I said to him, Justin, you need the Lord. Without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, There'll never be a full, complete healing of this relationship. So he went on to tell me, well, I'm going to church every Sunday. I take Gracie to church every Sunday, and, and I'm starting. I'm praying every day. Now, he's not a saved man. He's going to the Roman Catholic Church uh, and all of this. 
but we know that uh, if he's tenderhearted at all, that, that God can use, use his word. So I said, Justin, I said, get into the Bible. Get into the Bible. Read the Gospel of John and read, read Romans 5 and really ask the Lord to help you understand it. And I challenged him in that area. And then um, he said he would, he would read the Bible. And then he, he said he had a study Bible he was going to use. I, I thought he said he needed one. I was ready to go out and buy him one. He, uh, uh, he said he had one. So anyway, all I'm saying, saying all of that is I asked the Lord in the morning to direct my path. I had no idea that any, by evening I'd be talking to somebody that we love and, and, and about his need to get right with God if there's going to be any hope at all for his relationship with his wife and his family. You say, wow, that's God. That's God. We didn't plan that. I would never have thought of seeing them over there. I being in the way. Over here in, in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians verse, four, verse 1 of chapter 4, Paul is speaking here that what they, what they received from him is how to walk. You need a path to walk on. Every one of us choose paths every day. Sometimes we get lost in pa on paths. I am, I am one that gets lost on paths. Uh, some, some pastors, they use the computer for absolutely everything, all they're studying. And I've tried to do that. I, do, I use it a, a lot, a lot more than I ever did. I'm, and I'm learning my way around. But you know, if I've got six pages open, some of you might not understand what I'm saying, some of you won't. If I have six pages open from six different commentaries or lexicon or something along that line, I'm studying something out, I can't remember how to get back to page one. These men are good, they can do that. What I'm saying is though, in life, we open many paths through the day that God opens many paths for us. And as, we, as we're seeking to know his mind, let's make sure that we follow and ask God, show me thy paths. When we're walking with God, how are we gonna please God? Well, certainly, in this text alone, keep yourself pure morally to abound in love. You folks know how to love each other. You folks are experiencing a trial right now. A man has had 30 years here, and, and, and you love, and, and, and you've worked with, and, and such. And God is allowing some things to happen for a tying of your faith as a body. And I didn't intend to mention, but just uh, as I speak, it's on my heart that God would cause you to uh, your love to abound more and more uh, one for another, to see that some might be hurting more than the other and bind together in the love of Christ. That's what speaks here, doesn't it, of loving us, abounding more and more in the love. Uh, in in verse, uh, verse 9, but as touching brotherly love, ye, not, ye, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye all, you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And verse 10, and indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are uh, in Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. In the troubled times that we live, dearly beloved, in the times of difficulty that, that, we, that we're experiencing in, in our country, in the churches, all around us, oh, how we need to be constantly asking, Lord, show me thy path. And know that the path is one, God, keep me pure for you. Lord, help me to love the brethren as you love the brethren and gave yourself for them. Help me, Lord, to live in a testimony way, verses 10, 11, and 12. Help me to live my life in such a way that it's decently in an order that people might see Christ in me. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It really is. It's, 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 it's a precious thing uh, to behold. It's a lifetime ambition. A lifetime ambition. Every day, show me thy paths. Show me thy truth. I being in the way, Lord, lead me. And as we are, may we be willing to go where he wants us to go. 
even if it's uncomfortable, for his glory and his namesake, to make his pleasure the, ever, the ultimate end. Isn't that what verse four, one is about? Uh, that, that we might be, and to please God, please God. Oh, that's a whole message in and of itself, isn't it? Uh, we, as we think about this, what does it mean to please God? It means to hate everything he hates, love everything he loves, and the only way we can know what he hates and know what he loves is to be in the way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. And, 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 and we, we do that, allow that, what happens? We're walking in a way of safety. We all face things. We all face things. We face trials. Some years ago, we had a man that was uh, causing some discount going to the church. Um, the Bible says God hates those who uh, cause discord among the brethren. And this man was, was doing it, undermining the ministry. And we were trying to, trying to deal with it in love and patience and time. And you know what happened? At the, in a very early age, very early age, uh, he ended up with having a, a massive heart attack, surgery, then infection, and then God took him home. Was he a saved man? I believe with all my eyes, a saved man. But, God, and, but he was out of the way in regard to honoring God in some ways. I believe that God removed him. And, I, and, and Pastor Stringer and I can tell you a couple of stories about when I was serving with him as an elder of how God protected a wife from a man who wanted to bring a, 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 a spiritualist into the house. Uh, and, and God removed the man. He just removed the man. Things sometimes are hard, but God is going to protect his bride. And if we know that he's protecting us, oh, may he show us his way so that we can stay in that framework of this blessed fellowship of our great and wonderful and loving Savior. Yes, there, there, there's a lot in the, in the scriptures that we can be reminded of in regard to how to please God. Luke chapter 5 and verse 5, and I'll close with this illustration. You'll remember, the disciple says, God had asked him to do something, asked him to do something about crossing the sea, and as Jesus said something to him, he turned and he said, as thy word, as thy word, according to thy word, according to thy word, dearly beloved, we have that repeated over and over again in the scriptures, according to thy word, Noah built an ark, never having had rain, foolishness of man's heart to build an ark in, in the, where there's no water, and all the laughing and the jeering and the make, making fun. But he said, if you look it up, according to thy word, I would challenge you tonight, this afternoon, for a personal devotion study. Take that text from, and just in the New Testament, well, no, use the Old Testament as well. And you say, according to thy word, and anything close to it, and see what God has done when people behaved according to thy word. Uh, whether it be Moses and before Pharaoh, whether it be Noah, whether it be Esther, I mean, we could just go on and on. What a wonderful thing it is. Lord, show me thy paths. Lord, direct my paths. Oh, so that I might be in that place where you might glorify yourself through me. Oh, may that be our heart and our prayer. I just trust it. Thank you so much for your prayers over the years. I do bring you greetings from our son, Bill. Uh, I do want to, we, he's in the States now, as you know, in South Carolina. We talk to him frequently on the phone. And I do, he did say, please bring my greetings to, from me and Karen. And they do send their greetings and they look forward to being with you. Lord willing, should he tarry on Labor Day, 
for, for that weekend. I hope you'll attend and, and be enjoy, enjoy the fellowship and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until then, I would exhort you to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, to walk according to his word, to love Love God so much that you want to keep yourself pure, your mind pure. To love God so much that you want to love the brethren as Christ loved, loves the brethren. To, to love the lost world in such a way that you'll, you'll conduct yourself in an orderly way. And all of doing that, according to 1 Thessalonians, you're walking in pleasing to our God. Father, maybe there's somebody here that doesn't realize that Christ died for them. He died personally to save them. Uh, to cause them to, play, to see that they were separated from you, but but to bring you, to reconcile you, them to you. I pray, God, though this was not a gospel message per se, that God, that, we, that folks might realize that are sitting here today, if they don't know Christ as Savior, they don't have the hope of being with you in glory when you call us unto yourself through the great uh, trumpet call. They have no hope of being with you in heaven for apart from a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that can only be had by, by recognizing the fact that we're sinners, we, need to be, we, need to be, uh, uh, we needed a a lamb sacrifice and the perfect lamb of God sacrificed his life, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be brought to God. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that needs Christ, you forgive me for not bringing the gospel, Lord, but I pray that you would show them that the way to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. The way of peace is through the Lord Jesus Christ. The way to walk in harmony with you is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word, we pray in Jesus' name.